Hi, this is Reed. I'm married to Abby, and I know about physics. Hi, this is Abby. I'm married to Reed, and I don't. Welcome to Family Antimatters, the science podcast from both ends of the spectrum. happy it's our podcast family antimatters welcome to it we're doing it again oh boy <laughs> it's been a while i guess we're doing these monthly we haven't really thought of a schedule a monthly seems to work yeah. we're hitting it on the reg yeah on the reg a- accidentally <laughs> accidentally we were meant to do it like twice a month but whatever once a month is awesome yeah let's keep going let's keep going okay so reed what did you want to talk about today Well, I saw something really cool in the news maybe two weeks ago. It was a press release from CERN about a perspective new type of particle acceleration that I have been following and have been kind of wild about for, I don't know, like eight years. And yeah, they had a relative breakthrough and put out a little release about it. So yeah, we thought we'd talk about particle accelerators. Particle accelerators... Yeah. Also, um, are you going to mention what that technology is? Yes. But later. I figure we'll do that later once we have some sort of context. Okay, cool. So I am all about particle accelerators. Having worked at particle accelerators for the last nine years. Almost 10. Also, don't forget that you have your master's degree in particle physics. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Don't forget that. I didn't forget that. I totally forgot. Did I? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I know when you and I first met, I told you that I was studying particle physics, and your reaction was just like, what? Yeah, I basically gave you like a WTF look. I think we were <laughs> at a party, and we were both just like, talking about what we do and you were impressed that i like sewed and then you're like oh yeah i'm getting my master's in particle physics and i like almost dropped my plate of food (laughs) (laughs) i mean aside from the impressive title did you know what absolutely not okay (laughs) like accurate i mean i didn't even like i said i didn't even take like physics in high school or anything so it's not like i knew anything about particle physics and I don't think I even heard about it science-wise in anything. Like, really? Yeah. That, I'm not terribly surprised. Like, even now, you know, party trick, talking to people about what I do. Um, I'm not surprised when people haven't heard of, you know, particle accelerators just as a concept. I mean, the LHC and CERN was kind of a big thing in the news for a little while, but not everyone pays attention to science news or you know news especially since it's like slow science yeah Yeah. no it's not just like boom headline after headline after headline yes you know something that culminates after months or years yeah i mean like you get a headline every couple months or every couple years Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um particle accelerators particle accelerators why don't you tell me what a particle accelerator is? Oh, I'm not going to tell you what a particle accelerator is. Come I will on. tell you what I know about particle accelerators. <laughs> okay. Those those are two distinct 
things. <laughs> okay. Um, so a particle accelerator is something that uh, accelerates the smallest bits of matter at 0.99 the speed of light. Yeah. Um, it creates conditions like uh, a black hole or the Big Bang or the conditions after the universe was created. Some of them um, definitely do. Uh, CERN is one. Uh-huh. Uh, Rick, where you work at Brookhaven National Lab, is one. Uh-huh. Um, there are different types of accelerators. Um, and they use a lot of energy. True. And <laughs> uh, they require magnets to uh, help accelerate particles super fast. I mean, that's all I got. Okay. Okay. Um, disclaimer for new listeners, if there are any new listeners. Reed is not supposed to correct me <laughs> until after <laughs> I say all of this stuff. So this is just stuff I know, quote unquote. Um, but can we talk about something for one second? Please. Can you um, tell me what a particle is? A particle is any small bit of matter. So it can be electrons, it can be single atoms of you know a substance, of gold, of uh, iron, you know, heavy ions, uh, protons. Mm -hmm. So anything that is a small bit. Okay, cool, cool. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and I just needed that explanation. No, that's it. That's cool. And that's all I got in terms of particle acceleration. So you were talking about recreating conditions right after the Big Bang. Yeah. And you also mentioned that there are a couple types of accelerators. Like slack is a linear collider. Uh-huh. Because it only shoots particles in a straight line. Uh-huh. That's all I got on that. <laughs> no, that... That's important. Okay. All right. So where should we start here? Let's talk about some of the reasons for accelerators first. Okay. Like reasons why we have particle accelerators and why we keep using them? What we do with them, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some accelerators, like the one I work at now, is a light source. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> instead of speeding particles up really fast to smash them into one another... What it does is speed them up really fast and then wiggles them to kick off radiation, to kick off light. So at our energies, it gives x-rays. So our type of accelerator is basically a three-quarter mile long x-ray microscope. Yeah, which is cool because you can look at really small things, right? Yep. It has super high resolution and is very monochromatic, giving you... Uh, Again, very high image resolution. Um, and it wiggles because of magnets. Is that right? So the... Yes. <laughs> That's all you have to say. You just have to say yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, cool. It um, sure is. I understood that part from when we toured. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Um... The other type of use for particle accelerators is what you were talking about before. Colliders and... These are a little more esoteric, much harder to build, and this is where a lot of the like particle physics research comes from. So what these guys do 
is and ladies <laughs> what these machines do <laughs> is you... accelerate okay sorry particles very very quickly using a combination of electric fields and magnetic fields so the electric fields are used to push and pull on the particles mm. um, when i say particles here i mean something very small that has a mass that also has a charge protons very light electrons very light they have a small amount of charge they're fairly easy to accelerate um, the heavier you go the more oomph you have to give something to speed it up uh, is oomph a technical term absolutely <laughs> <laughs> actually it's oomph emf oomph. okay <laughs> electromagnetic force technical term what are you kidding nope that's an actual term emf oomph <laughs> But <laughs> really, I mean, oomph is not. That's an onomatopoeia. Yeah, oomph is like what comes out of a. Do tuba. people do we wait? Do people at the lab say oomph? No, you're just messing with me. I mean, yes, uh, but it's true. <laughs> I hate you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so more oomph. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> you need you need more of a force to speed these things up. However, the uh, heavier of an atom you get the more electrons are swirling around it the more electrons you can peel off of you know the nucleus so if your atom you know your gold ion or whatever or your gold atom starts out kind of neutral and you peel off a bunch of these electrons all of a sudden the positive charge in the middle stops being offset so you have this ion that is really positively charged and the more charged it is the more it reacts and feels. So you get your oomph. Is that why it's called a heavy? Yeah. I, I like forget everything about electrons and stuff. That's so. okay. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. It's okay. So before we completely get lost, mm -hmm. wrap up colliders. Colliders tend to accelerate these particles really quickly and then smash them into something. Either yeah. like a target, you know, a piece of material or other accelerated particles. And the point of these collisions is to see what happens. Yeah. So when you smash particles together or into something, it's not like a car crash where you know your car hits and breaks into tiny pieces. They are the tiny pieces. I've heard you tell this one before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so that means you are you're observing like those tiny pieces. Like, isn't it something like it mimics? For, just as an example. Um, like the beginning stages of the universe or something. Yeah. Like it's really hot for like a split second. Yeah. It has to do with how tiny these things are. The fact that they collide into one another at this like tiny point in space. You've got a ton of energy that it's taken to get these things up to near the speed of light. And they smash into one another in that tiny little pinpoint of space. And that translates to a really high energy density, which, you know, if you're talking temperatures are in like the trillions of degrees Celsius, which is crazy. Like the sun? Yeah. Like a star? Uh-huh. Um, but they only last like a second, right? Yeah, less than that. And you like record them somehow? We don't even record the collisions. What we, rec we record, what we can record is what happens after the collisions. 
So you get this stuff that's going really fast. It smacks together. It's a lot of energy in a tiny space. And that trillions of degrees immediately turns back into stuff. And that stuff is flying away from, you know, that collision point with a lot of energy really fast. And it's really heavy stuff. It's very unstable stuff. Things that, you know, we're not going to see just under normal conditions. Mm -hmm. And the point of doing these collisions of you know, making this rare stuff is to look at the the behavior, the rules that are followed in how this stuff is created and how it decays and turns into, you know, the more stable stuff that we can actually see. So what we're looking at are the rules of matter creation, you know, how the universe was created yeah. way back then. Well, it was just like a dude, right? Created the universe. And he was like, I will create the universe. Let there be stuff. And on the seventh day... He made a particle accelerator. She made a particle accelerator. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering, what is the point? Like, we mentioned that you can study all of that stuff. I think it'd be cool to talk about practical applications for a particle accelerator. Um, I can think of one example okay. when that you told me about when NASA was at one of the targets at Rick. Yeah. Can I talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So um, NASA was at Reed's lab and you can also correct me if I get something wrong here. Um, they had these, they had like the particles going towards a target and the target had sleeping rats, right? Or like frozen rats or something they were sleeping they're sleeping when you say nasa was at they actually have a permanent like target building thing i learned oh i didn't know that yeah no this isn't a temporary thing like they are a permanent user okay so correction nasa's there using their target and um they had these rats and they were shooting gold yep ions low energy gold yeah okay at at the rats and they shot the gold in one eye to see the cataract sympathetic cataract formation in the other eye mm -hmm. and basically what that was doing was um seeing low doses of radiation um affecting um well the rats um in terms of like how space travel and radiation would affect humans for possible uh space flight to mars right yeah because in uh, in space, if you don't know, radiation is all over the place and you're not protected from it because on Earth we have an ozone layer and that protects us from radiation and that's what stops us from getting cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Atmosphere. 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 So why are shooting gold atoms at a mouse like cosmic radiation? Why don't you tell me? Because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fine answer. No, radiation itself is tiny particles, either mm -hmm. of light or of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. hydrogen, helium, traveling very quickly. So when we think of radiation as harmful, it's just because little particles are going, you know, with really high energies through something and sometimes have a chance of interacting yeah. and either depositing a lot of energy and messing things up or tearing things apart on a very small scale. So this particle beam is acting like very concentrated 
space radiation. Mm-hmm. And it's doing exactly that, you know, delivering, you know, Mars and back equivalent doses or whatever they decide to be testing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So also, <laughs> also our cat's trying to get into the door. Okay. Should we let him in? Uh no, it's monster. Oh, it's monster? Yeah. Oh. Monster's not supposed to come into the workroom. Nope. Because she ate a bunch of thread once and almost died. Really sick and almost died. Yeah. And we had to take her in for surgery. That's Monster Watch 2017. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay. So back to what we were talking about. Practical applications. Yeah. Radiation studies is definitely one. Um, cementing more of particle physics, like looking at asymmetries, looking at rules of matter, looking at um, how different decays and, uh, and products work. So that sounds really boring. It sounds like, you know... Science for science. Science for science. And to an extent it is. This isn't the stuff that's going to give us, you know, cool toys in the next five, ten years. What this is going to do is eventually and gradually increase what we know about our universe, you know, what we are able to do in our basic just, you know, knowledge toolkit, and also push us beyond what we know now in terms of, like, what we have to do yeah. and what, you know, what kind of technologies we have to develop. So, So, yeah. speaking of which, um, the Large Hadron Collider, mm-hmm. so it was trying to, f- it was, I'm assuming it was accelerating hadrons. Yes. <laughs> One, I don't know what that is. But second of all, it was searching for the Higgs boson, which they did find, right? Or, yeah. it, or like, observed it. They, uh, yeah, okay. they are saying with statistical certainty that they observed it. Okay, it's there. So, you, in contrast to my NASA um, story, yeah, uh, what is the use? <laughs> what the hell and why? Yeah, what the hell? Why a Higgs boson? Like what? Like that? That sounds more like a science for science thing, more than. More than the NASA thing. Yes. I mean, yes, yes, yes. But it's not completely useless. So Higgs boson. The God particle. (laughs) Cool media term. Well, I mean, it made it relatable to the masses. Yeah. Yeah. Sheeple. (laughs) That's my line. (laughs) No, um... So the Higgs boson, a boson is a force-carrying particle. It is a transmitter of one of the forces. Remember we talked about four forces, forces. Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember what they are. I know one of them strong. <laughs> and weak. And magnet. And radiate. <laughs> strong, weak, electromagnetic. Yeah, gravity. And gravity. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. It's so so boson doesn't really fit into that. It doesn't fit into what's been, you know, just kind of the standard for a long time, but it's been theorized. And what the Higgs does is provide a field that interacts with the property of mass. So like an electric field and fo- connected to photons as the force particle interact with things that have the property of charge or things with charge interact in an electric field. So things with what we know as mass 
are theorized to interact in this Higgs field, giving rise to inertia, giving rise to what we know as mass. And again, it's kind of a, you know, working backwards, like, okay, we know things have mass. Is why really important? I mean, maybe not, but how is kind of a cool thing. And the better we understand that, the better we observe that, you know, maybe down the road we can use that. Yeah. People talk about, you know, flying cars, crazy space flight, like, more knowledge is only going to help those things. <laughs> I, I say to your bewildered flat yeah, face. I mean, I get it. It's the long game of science. Okay, so... No, I get it. Do you want to talk about the shorter game real quick? Sure. Because there is a shorter game. Tell me about the shorter game. The shorter game comes from stuff like... Uh, like these light sources, like x-ray sources that allow a lot of medical imaging, cellular imaging, the ability to view really small things for like nanomaterials and looking at nanomaterials processes, looking at energy processes, like the charging and discharging of batteries and figuring out how to make that more effective. Oh yeah, didn't you guys x-ray batteries? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things that... Lithium batteries? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh. <laughs> It's more detail than I know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. It's... Maybe I secretly work at your lab. Maybe you read it somewhere and I didn't. No, I didn't. I think I just made it up. <laughs> Shrug. <laughs> Should have just owned it. Um, the other thing is uh, particle or proton accelerators for medical reasons, for medical therapy. Like cancer. Yeah. So usually uh, cancer treatment uses radiation like light radiation yeah and you know chemo tends to make people real sick because in addition to radiating the cancer radiation radiating the the bad cells it also kills a lot of healthy cells and is fairly terrible for you know living tissue humans yeah so using protons instead of x-rays cutting a long story short makes the you know deposited energy the blast zone if you will a lot smaller a lot narrower the region of energy deposition is easier to control so it's more of a targeted you know sniper strike instead of a big carpet bombing like big shotgun yeah yeah so that kind of stuff is actually becoming a lot more prevalent um actually visited a proton like radiation therapy, like hospital in Germany when I was there a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. And it was hella cool. <laughs> so, you know, there are lots of practical applications to particle physics. Or some, at least. That's some. Uh, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot. I said a lot. And then, <laughs> and then there's the big science headline making things. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you've mentioned headline, should I talk about the thing that I saw the other day? Laser Wakefield Acceleration. That's the thing that I think is super freaking cool. And the headline that came out of CERN is actually a one-up on that, and it's Proton Wakefield Acceleration. Okay, well, I'll hold my question, my last question, until the end, and then go ahead and talk about Proton Wakefield Acceleration. You sure you don't want to drop it now? No, I don't want to drop it now. Okay. Because it's my last question. Okay. And I feel like 
once I ask you this question, you'll want to end the podcast. Okay. Also, I'm going to give you two minutes. For Wakefield acceleration? Yeah. Okay. Go. So when I mentioned oomph before, um, electric fields used to push particles, this is what determines the power of an accelerator for the most part. So that oomph, that electric field, is uh, generated in resonance cavities that are either uh, metal or ceramic or you know some sort of material, and you get this back and forth wave of electric field that resonates at the frequency that you want it to. So these things, these cavities, have a voltage at which they break down. There's only so much power you can put into them before it literally starts tearing apart the material that the cavity is made of. Yeah, become unstable. Right. Uh, not even become unstable, like field-wise, become physically unstable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this next step says let's do away with the cavity altogether. So instead of using something that could break down, let's use something that is already broken down. That's plasma. and Not the blood way- plasma. Right. So the way this thing works is a pressurized tube of gas... A laser pulse goes through the gas, turning it into like a little wire of plasma. Plasma is the next state up, like energy state, from gas. And it's perfect separation of positive and negative charges. So they're just kind of floating around with no real tether. So right behind that first pulse, you whip something that, you know, either another laser pulse or in this case a proton pushes this plasma apart once the plasma is pushed apart when i say pushed apart whatever charge is in you know for a proton it's a positive charge negative charge is pulled in positive is pushed out as this thing leaves the positive comes back in attracted to the negative net effect is like a wake behind a speedboat so the particle that you would accelerate behind that your electron rides this wake you know like a water skier and that's kind of how you know particle acceleration works but inside this plasma they've been able to they have been able to generate electric field gradients like hundreds of thousands to millions of times stronger than breakdown voltage in traditional cavities which means you can really power up accelerators and theoretically make something that's the power of CERN in the size of, like, a college football stadium. The end. <laughs> uh, that was that was uh, two and a half minutes, three minutes. That was a good job. Okay. Also, I like how excited you got. Your eyes got all wide, and you were, like, all, like, flustered. Dude, I love this stuff. Yeah, you've been talking about it for a long time. <sighs> yeah. Um, they've been doing a lot of research out of Berkeley in Laser Wakefield for, I don't know, probably almost 10 years. And, yeah. <laughs> the idea of instead of needing really, really powerful, like tiny shortwave lasers to do this and using accelerated protons instead is, you know, almost another level up to th- this concept. So seeing that kind of come to, well, not come to fruition, but being proven as a, was a as viable, a, a viable science thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was the headline the other day, like a press release out of CERN saying that, you know, we've actually witnessed this 
start to work using protons. Thumbs up. That's cool. Yeah. I'm glad you're excited about it. Thanks. <laughs> Does it make any sense? Yeah, it made sense. Like the, the water skier. Yeah, at least? the water skier thing makes sense. Okay. And the fact that you don't need as much, or I guess it it's already broken and it won't become unstable, so you can like pump a bunch of stuff into it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my last question. Hit me with it. This one is for Andy. For Andy or from Andy? Uh, both. Oh, God. Okay, I know what this question is. What happens if you stick your head into a particle accelerator and or can you get Hulk powers from a particle accelerator? Please discuss. <laughs> so, short answer, what would happen if you stuck your hand into a particle beam? I said head. His question was always hand. <laughs> but honestly, there are people early on in the days of particle acceleration who literally tracked the beam just by eye. Oh. By getting shot in the eye with particle beam over and over again. Did like, they get cancer and die? Like the little rats. Um, kind of. Aw. <laughs> that wasn't smart. I mean, there was one actually really famous case that you can Wikipedia of a guy who took a large blast of radiation like to the face and half of his face hasn't aged since then. Are you f- kidding? Nope. Not kidding. What? Yeah. I know. So it's not completely nuts to say... Can I get some sort of crazy mutation or power or something, something from a particle beam? I mean, it's kind of crazy. What you're going to get is a bunch of radiation, but radiation to cells tends to bust them up in terms of how they are normally, which can cause mutation in a bunch of unexpected ways, question mark, question mark. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, in all, almost every modern particle accelerator, you're not really going to get a chance to do that. I know. There's all the safety things. There's all and the safety like, crap. You have to be out. And there's like alarms and stuff. <laughs> and also, this is all done in vacuum. Mm-hmm. So, sealed inside like big metal vacuum tubes so that air doesn't, you know, cause. The bar, yeah, doesn't disrupt the the path of the particle and cause them to shotgun apart. But if you did, and people have, uh, a lot of radiation, probably cancer, maybe weird side effects. I have to look up that aging thing. That's freaking crazy. I'll find that for you right after this. Well, so put oh, it we, in, yeah, we'll put link it in, in the, the description. description. Yeah, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> okay, um, can you? I guess you answered my qu- my my second part of my question is like no you wouldn't get Hulk powers you would get cancer, cancer powers, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> okay, well, um, I learned a lot about particle accelerators and I feel like I will continue to keep learning just because of what you do and. Oh well, yeah, and I don't know. I didn't. I, Ten years ago, I knew zero about particle accelerators, and now I know like. 1.5 about particle accelerators. <laughs> well, anyone who's listening to this, now you can say you've heard of particle accelerators. Or at least you can say a couple things that they can do and be cool at parties. That's right. Because, you know, science is cool at parties. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Take Abby's word for it. Super. Actually, cool. okay. Well, my favorite party trick is. <laughs> before we go, my favorite party trick is to talk to someone new, and if Reed's there, I'll be like. Hey, do you know what my husband does? Have you met this guy? <laughs> Have you met Reed? He's a particle physicist. <laughs> or he works at a particle accelerator. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, go talk to Reed. And then I can go get a drink. <laughs> and, like, that, and that's your party trick. Or more like, or more snacks. <laughs> it's the best. Because Reed is so, you're so like. You know I get so excited yeah. like, talking to people about it. You're so sincere. You're just like, let me explain this to you. And you're so good. I mean, this is the whole reason why we have this podcast. But uh, It's hard talking to normal people about this weird <laughs> no, esoteric normies. stuff that I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying you're not normal? No, I'm saying that I've done a really weird niche thing for a long time and putting it into regular language is kind of tough. Well, you do a good job. I've developed some favorites. Yeah, so now we have this podcast. It all Yay. comes full circle. Anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great day and happy 2017. Um, so if you have any questions or um, want to just talk to us or have a topic you want us to talk about, you can email us at familyantimatters at gmail.com. Yep. And I promise we check it. And subscribe. We do check it. No one has emailed us yet. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. Bam, 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 bam. So we are on iTunes. If you randomly hear this and feel like subscribing and have an eye device. We also are on Google Play. Yeah. But the outro will also say this. Yeah, but that's fine. I feel like we should zoom in. Okay, we're trailing now. All right. All right. Bye. See you guys later. Peace out. Bye. like us subscribe to us on itunes you can also follow us on twitter at antimatterscast if you have a good topic for an episode email us at familyantimatters at gmail.com that's all one word no hyphen familyantimatters at gmail.com cool thanks <laughs>